0: That does
1: sound like, I think that was learning the tropes, because I did an episode with her, too, and this feels so much better. It might yeah. be learning
0: the tropes that we learned it from. It's smart. Yeah. They're smart. They they know what they're doing over yeah. there. <laughs> they're on, on it. Uh, wait, wait.
2: While we're talking about learning... Oh, wait. First, I guess we should introduce this extra special, amazing guest that we have with us today. Oh, wait. First, we should introduce the show. I'm um, in, mean, I guess, for... Sure. <laughs>
0: Whatever. Welcome to Faded Mates, everybody. I'm Jennifer Prokop. I'm a romance reader and critic. I'm Sarah McLean. I write romance novels and I read them. And we are really excited to have uh, Danny Lacey with us from Ice Planet Podcast and Black Chicklet Podcast to join us for this week of Joy Month. With Yay! Finn. I'm excited. So, People like, are excited to have me. I've never Well, you've had
2: so many guests on ice planet pod because that was like the whole setup for that right so you're i will also say it's a joy to have like another podcaster on because the the technical requirements you just know are all gonna work out and that's nice Mm -hmm. yes yes
1: i learned that doing the ice planet podcast is like that's one of the things it's like okay so here's the setup and eventually i gave up and just record skype sessions
2: Well, it is true when someone asks me, like, if they, they're like, I have an idea for a podcast. I'm always like, um, do you have a, do you have a producer? Because,
0: uh, dealing with audio is a real, woo, so good luck. <laughs> I mean, a lot of, I can't believe, I, we would not, if we had to produce it ourselves, we would no, never we, have. We would have done no. one episode and been like, oh. No. <laughs> well, to be honest, that's how we got a producer, because... Okay, so Eric, by now you all know, like, Eric is married to me. He's sort of, (laughs) he lives in my house. And he's also a musician and a producer and has worked with, like, video and audio for his whole career. And I was like, we're going to do podcasts. And he was like, sure you are. And I was like, no, we are. We're going to do it. And Jen and I recorded the first episode and I was like, it sounds great. And I went through and I edited it. Edited it. Big air quotes, right? (laughs) I was like, it sounds awesome. And I gave it to him. He was like, this sounds like garbage. And I was like, okay, I guess we are a producer now. And I was like, well done, Sarah.
2: What is Mr. Reed's romance doing for us? Nothing. He's getting us into med school. If that's true. If anybody needs to get into medical school, that's, yeah. Late in most- life
0: career change. Mr. <laughs> yeah. Reed Rose Mr. Reed's Rose- 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 romance,
2: romance can help you out. He can advise you. Sure.
1: Oh, well, I'll talk to him. Well, let me tell that's why there's, like, a three-month hiatus on the Ice Planet podcast. Like, there was, like, an um, episode in G- May, I think, and then I just put one up, because it's like, when am I to have the ad- the time to edit this, and then it, it does sound like garbage. Like I, know, like I listen to our audio quality. It's like I know there's a way to make this better. I do not have the
0: skill set. I don't think it sounds like garbage. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. No, you're you're filtering it. You're doing the work. We were, did not do any work on that first one. It's like we sound dulcet. We sound great. Well, and so Danny, great. you're
2: pretty. So talk about Ice Planet Pod because. It's, like, a real limited run, and I think... Haven't you... We
1: have, I think, like... I have two more I have to record. Because Ruby came in, and she, like snuck another one out while i was so she did and i bet she has room for at least one more um so i have two more left to record but yeah my plan was to do like the first ice planet barbarian series and i go back and forth on whether or not i want the spirit is willing to do ice home is my schedule and or like (laughs) my responsibilities allow me i don't know so yes it was supposed to be just we talk about all the books in the ice planet barbarian series and, yeah, it was going to be it. It was going to be like a limited, like, you know, on Netflix, it's like a limited miniseries. It was going to be like that kind of situation. We
0: know we know that plan. Yeah.
2: <laughs> sure. And that was the Faded Mates plan, too. <laughs> Three seasons later. Here we are. <laughs> so, yeah. So that was the goal because I was
1: like, I already have this other podcast. I really just wanted to do this like as like an indulgent thing for me. And that was going to be it. So
0: let's talk about Ice Planet Pod for those of our listeners who don't know the joy of Ruby I mean, Dixon. I should, should we start, let's start, or should we start with Black Chicklet, because <laughs> let's get that, let's come back around to Ice Planet Pod. Why don't you talk about Black Chicklet podcast? Which you do with Molly, yes. who's not here with us who's today. Not but- here today. Yes.
1: So, Molly and I, we've, we wanted to do a podcast for, like, we talked about it for a few years leading up to this one, and, like, one idea we had that I still think is great, it was, like, it was where we reviewed other, like, canceled things, like a movie... It was like... I'm not presenting it well, but it was like a movie we knew somebody, like a pilot of a, a show that like never really took off or a movie that like bombed and we talked about like the good and sort of like the bad. So that was one idea I think we had. was a fun idea. It, yeah. was, it was really fun. We recorded a few episodes and no one ever edited it. So again, to the producer problems. So then in 2016 we were like, let's give this podcast thing another go. We both read. She's an English major. I did journalism. So we recorded our very first episode. We came up with the title sort of just like some Sometimes I wonder about the title, but it, cause as Sarah sort of proved, it's a mouthful sometimes to say, I really tripped over <laughs> it. It's like Sally sells seashells, yes. dumb. it's like a black chiclet. Yeah. There's a lot of sounds in there. So, but we, we recorded that one and we just kind of did it as a whim and it, we kind of, we enjoyed it. It took off. We love talking about the books. We love talking with the readers. And so the focus of that podcast is books by and about black women. So, and cause I had run into the issue where if you try to find a podcast that, you know, like a, like I was like listening to like the slate book club and this was before all the romance podcasts really started taking off too. So it was a lot of like literature podcasts and like, okay, that's fine. But like literature as a whole is, is a bunch of white men and it's like, okay, I've, I've got my white male quota for the, for the thing. So we did that. We've talked about, we do urban fic Month every year, where we read an urban lit title. Um, we've done a lot more romance because I've gotten Molly on board with romance. She didn't read a lot of romance before we did the podcast. She's got me doing sci fi fantasy. So it's great. Right. She's more sci fi, right? Yeah, she's more like sci fi fantasy. She says, like, we're heading into Molly season because it's going to get spooky and, and mysterious. So that's her thing. And we've done author interviews. We've had Miss Bev on. We had Alyssa Cole talking about her most recent book when. I'm gonna mess up the title.
0: I wanna know when no one is watching? When no one is watching. Yes, mm-hmm. right. We know what we've had
1: her on. We've talked to like owners of bookstores. So it's been a lot of fun. She was on the I brought
0: her on the Ice Planet podcast. I haven't listened to that one. Had she read it before? She had never read it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, which one did she read? She
1: read Josie's because I thought for like the nostalgia, because Josie's book was the first one I read. So I was like, I want you to come on for the first ever book. In the series that I read. And she finished the episode declaring hiding an idiot. Like, that was her. <laughs> She's like, he's kind of dumb. I was like. <laughs> he's kind of dumb. It was wild. She went from reading, like, no romance to me, like, dropping her into... Yeah.
0: The I Sweat at <laughs> Barbarian series. As we like to say, 400 level. Exactly.
1: <laughs> Straight to 400 level. <laughs> she went for yes. <laughs> and she handled it like a trooper. Like, that episode is maybe the messiest because I think that one, with every other one, I'm speaking to someone new. So we don't have, like, that repertoire to build on. With her, it's like we've recorded millions of times. It was, we know each other. It went a little... <laughs> <laughs> a little while. But it was fun. And so I'm surprised she did. I asked my sister to do an episode of the Ice Planet podcast. Fun. As someone who just doesn't read romance. Like at all, and she was like, "No." <laughs> she's like, she she was nicer about it. She's like, "I wouldn't be comfortable." I was like, "Okay, I can, I have to respect that." But That's I was fair. like, yeah. yeah. But I was like, "Oh, that would have been great." So <laughs>
2: that would have been really funny, actually. Yeah, I mean, but I get why she's like, "Look, I'm not your dancing, you know, whatever." <laughs> yeah, she's like, "I'm not
1: comfortable." So, and I'm trying. So we did. I, so we've done. We missed our birthday this year because 2020 has been crazy. Birthday anniversary, I don't know what you want to call it.
0: Wait, so how many
1: years? Four years now. Okay. We started in 2016, August 2016. Yeah, you're like you are yeah, like the grandmother <laughs> of romance podcast. So yeah, we've done we've done a lot. Like so, romance specifically, we've done a chance at love. We've done. Um, the first two books in the Loyal League series by Alyssa Cole. There's another one that I am totally miss. Oh, we just did the Boyfriend Project. We've done the wedding. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah. yeah. We've done the wedding date. So we've, we did that one with Mocha Girls Reads, which is a... Oh, I listened to that one. Yeah, yeah. Which is a national book club, and their whole thing is just to increase, like, book clubs, like, groups with black women and titles. They don't read exclusively titles by black women, but it's like a black women-focused book club. So that was a lot of fun.
0: So, yeah, it's been great. That's a busy schedule to also, you know, have a life and, you know, pack in blue aliens. Yes. <laughs> uh, pack it. Pack pack them in. Did you hear what I did there? <laughs> I, we all heard it, Sarah. Everybody heard I love it. it.
2: Everybody heard it.
0: Um, which brings us to Ice Planet Pod. Yes, which was a whim. That
2: I did. A delightful whim. Before you talk about like kind of the podcast part of it, talk to us about why you love I mean everyone loves these books, but I feel like the reason people love it is really different.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we should all talk about how we came to Ice Planet Barbarian. Yeah. So you but you start, Danny, <laughs> <Okay>. you <laughs> run this part of the podcast. <laughs> so uh
1: Ice Planet Barbarian. So For me, Ice Planet Barbarians is, like, hand-in-hand with Hoopla. Like, I had just discovered Hoopla. If you don't know, Hoopla is an app... That's, I, feel, I think that's, I don't know how many libraries do and do not have. I feel like it should be nationwide um, or outside of the country. I definitely don't it's, know.
2: Hoopla is, one of the reasons some libraries don't have it is it's more expensive for libraries than Overdrive. So in over, it's just like a different pricing thing. So in Overdrive, like the library buys the copy and then kind of owns it. And Hoopla, it's like pay per checkout. But yeah, so, so if you don't know, Hoopla is like a platform and they have a big
1: audiobook platform. And their thing is you never have to wait. You have a certain number of credits, but like if you see a book there, you don't have to be on a wait list. You can check it out immediately. So I'm going through one day at work when I should be working and I'm like bored and I'm looking for something to listen to. And I see this series and it's specifically, it's, it's Josie's book, which if you have not seen the cover, it's basically a woman with very heavy eye makeup, face level at a blue man's like loin-clovered crotch. And she, <laughs> And it's, like, right in there. And I'm like, oh, well, that caught my attention. And I, like, read the back of it,
0: and it's, like, haters to lovers, which is, like, also my jam. So I was like, okay. The name of this book is Barbarian's Mate, and it's number seven. I don't recommend starting at seven. Okay. It sounds like like Danny is going to have started at seven. I started (laughs) right at seven, which probably—
1: Made things more confusing than they needed to be, but you are the expert, so <laughs> you can do whatever you.
0: And I'm, I was like, I'm not you scared. Tell them if
1: I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and I think though, because like, I think if I had read that first book, I don't know if I would have loved. Well, the it.
2: first book has a really rough start, yeah. right? I mean, the the first book has. I mean, just so you everybody knows, it's poop. lingus. <laughs> Well, yeah, but the women are kidnapped, and one of them is raped. Oh, I mean, they're sexually assaulted, and one is killed. So it's sort of like you're like, wow, this is really starting out in a dark place for, a like, a romance. It's got a different vibe. It does, almost. And then I think she was like, I'm going to leave all that behind and just go with... The pure fantasy of
1: blue aliens who just want to love and adore and call you and really love Cunnilingus, so I
0: mean-, I mean, like, really love it. <laughs> like... <laughs> So, like, (laughs) oh, my God, I came to it from the with the first book because Sophie Jordan read it first and was like, and Sophie, when she reads something that is truly bananas, um, she like any good friend.
2: (laughs) Do you pick up a banana shaped phone? I feel like, like, you know, in old movies, how like the, the there's like a
0: red phone with a blinking light on it and she called me on the banana phone and she said um you you got to read this this book is wow and i was like come on i mean come on <laughs> and then it does begin in a very dark place with a bunch of fertile earthlings <laughs> earthlings being um abducted by aliens to be sold like on the black alien market yeah. right mm-hmm. um and then the uh then we there's a spaceship crash as one does. They they overtake the ship and like crash. <laughs> they they overtake the ship, and they are this reason why I say poop cunnilingus beca- is because they're they are all like going to the bathroom in buckets, like in their room where they have all been penned. And then when the ship crashes, like the buckets upend and they're all covered in what's in the buckets. And then one of them, a very brave, the brave soul leader of the, um, I don't know, what would we call them? The rebels, the like, er now Earthling rebels, um, decides that she is going to, they're all going to die in this ship if they just stay there. So she's like, I'm going to go out and see what there is. So she goes out onto an ice planet, meets a blue alien. This is chapter like, I don't know, two, three. It's a blue (laughs) alien who does not speak English, like has no, they have no way of communicating Except he's like, well, I really like the idea of just, like, eating this person out. (laughs) (laughs) So they have, like, and she is. (laughs) She's she's unconscious. She is. She's unconscious? when She's unconscious when it starts. Oh, boy. I forgot that part. She's, like, caught in a
1: trap. And I think he's out hunting, checking his traps when he finds, I've caught a lady. And he, like, resonates to her. And he's like. Well, he just
0: goes to town. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, sure. "Oh, that's a bit." And she's not clean. She's and that's filthy. Fine. She's it's, gotta be. But filthy. he doesn't care. And neither, I and mean, you know what? When she
1: wakes up, neither does she. Which is like what sort of makes it a little bit better. She's like, I guess this is happening, and I'm going
0: to yeah. go with it. So that happened, and then Sulika Snyder started reading them <laughs> at the same time, and then we just started like there was like a an emoji that we would text each other that was like a tongue and the poop emoji. <laughs> There's some, but like, th- talk about a compulsively readable series. I mean, one after another, after another, after another. Yeah.
1: And that's everyone's story. Whenever I talk to them, they're like, I read one and then I had to read the next 10. And then yeah. I read 10. <laughs> yeah.
2: I think it must have been on Twitter. I don't have a specific memory of anyone in particular telling me to read them. It was just like in the ether. And I was like, sure, like, kind of similar, like, sure. And then I realized, like, if there is, like, a god, like, of Kindle <laughs> Unlimited, a Kindle Unlimited god. I, that feels right? like it's Loki. A very niche. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just yeah. feel like, I was like, this is literally what Kindle Unlimited is for, mm-hmm. right? Because there's just sure. no barrier to entry. Like, you're just like, I'm going to just go ahead and read 800 of these. And um, one of the things that I really loved about it that I remember, though, is... Like, really after the first one, which I think, like, she kind of gets her bearings, is really kind of being, like, this is, like, really interesting, like, watching them, like, integrate these literally, like, two societies, right? Like, the Human Society and the, you know, the Blue People Society, I forget what was called. The Blue and People! Whatever. <laughs> I, mean that, I will say, though, for the reason I stopped, because I, I have not read them all, is I would get, I would had a really hard time like keeping plots and names together in my brain. You know what I mean? Like I, like people, like when you were like, it's Josie's book. I was like, mm, that means nothing to me. I'm <laughs> so sorry. I didn't really. No, it's fine. It's just hard for It was hard for me. It just all was like the same, like just a fever dream.
1: <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what it is. I'm like the expert now. When I first read them, I had that same issue. It's like, Because you read them so fast, so together, and, like, they are very similar. And the women, to a point, are kind of similar until she starts getting a bit more varied with them. But then going the next go-around, that's when I got my full. Yeah. (laughs) And now this is what I do.
0: You know what? I think, I mean, I've said from the beginning, I think the world building in this series is really like Cracker Jack. And um, there was a very big, like, rumor going around that Ruby Dixon was Meljean Brooke slash Mila Vane, which is not, Mila slash Meljean Mel has come out and said, like, very clearly, like, this is not accurate, like, Ruby Dixon I am not Ruby Dixon. Um, but I can see why that rumor would have work would have existed because the world building is very solid in these books. Like there's, and that is something that is like a hallmark of like the, that, you know, there are very few romance writers who are able to build, structurally build such a like well done world. Yeah. Cause everything works. And she's clearly, look, she's clearly someone else also. Like, I I don't believe Ruby Dixon, like, set pen to paper for the first time and wrote (laughs) (laughs) um, Ice Planet Barbarians. I think she's too skilled. Like, she's a very skilled writer. Um, And then, um, but the thing that I love the most about these books is the language barrier. Yes. Because when you're in the hero's point of view and the heroine, because they're dual POV, too, which is so complicated. Yes. Right. But I love it. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. It's perfect. Yeah and when the heroes hear these like they all the um all the heroines speak english so when the heroes are listening to the heroines like blather at them in this foreign language the the dialogue is i mean it's clear what the heroines are saying it's phonetic yes it's like slurred together
1: and if you say it out loud you can you hear can it, get it yeah
0: i mean it's really a genius way of, like, handle, i have never seen another writer do it that way. Not not it's not, not—I mean, I don't read a lot of sci-fi, so maybe this is a very, like, common thing in sci-fi. But, like, I just thought that was such a brilliant way of getting th- over the communication— or, like, of, of actually articulating the communication disconnect while giving the reader all the information— now we're doing an episode of Ice Planet Pod, but. And that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's I. It's so great, love, though. For that. Yeah. I think the thing
2: I really liked about it, like world building wise, was. Um, this, like, what do you retain of your humanity? Mm-hmm. Like, what are the things that are, like, most essential or most important to you? Because what you see, like, the, like, I mean, and it's interesting. Like, I feel like there's, like, a lot of gender essentialism, right? It's like they're all women. Are the, you know, there's there's no women who are aliens, right? There's a few, but two
1: of them are older. One's mated and one is a kid, like a child. So there's no mateable, there are no mateable women.
2: But it's, like, watching these kind of Earth women really, like, fight for, like, okay, what's the most essential thing for me? What are the things that I can't let go of that I have to insist that we still do? And I thought that was the part that as the kind of the—especially in the first five or six books, like, watching them kind of blend their two societies, it it was really—it was great. I mean, so it's— you know, it's like, come for the sexy alien banging and stay for the interesting world building. What's not to love? And the
1: like fun, like, I guess, discussions about consent and, cause like. Yeah. I, I I want to back one thing up. So, I had like um, a review. I think there were some people who think I don't like Ruby Dixon's writing. And I want to make this right clear because I had this fear. I'm like, is that what people think that I don't like?
0: I don't do a whole podcast. That's so nonsense. Nobody puts together a podcast like (laughs) to hate on things. To like, to like drag something for a year. Yes, I
1: want to take your much larger, your much larger platform. In case Ruby hears this, like Ruby, I love, <laughs> I love your writing. I don't want there to be any confusion because I had this fear. I was like, I don't want Ruby Dixon to feel attacked because we do sometimes criticize it.
0: But like, yeah. So I mean, Danny, we understand that. Like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> I got really paranoid. We probably understand that better than literally anyone. Like when we do a, do our, we have like one episode where we didn't love the book and we're like I'm I in my head I'm certain it's the only one Cressley has ever listened to <laughs>
1: well I, and I got like super prepared I was like I love the book but like what I love most is what I love and I don't know how I got there but I just wanted to put that out there Ruby I love you but the thing I love most about those early books is I just think the plot device of the Queen which solves birth the language barrier and um solves a lot of issues. They don't have to worry about healthcare, So they can have those big, like, discussions. It's so genius, and she's so good at using it at different plots. It's like, okay, these two hate each other, and they're going to resonate right away. These two love each other, and they're going to be worried that they're not going to resonate at all. This one's going to resonate to that one, and the other one's not going to know what the hell is even happening. It's so... Yeah, it's great. It's well, so
2: good.
0: It's so complex, because Fated Mates, I mean, as we have talked about... Ad nauseam, Jen and I for season <laughs> one, right? Like, faded, the failure of faded mates in the hands of so many authors is that it's like, well, they're faded and therefore, like, it's easy. Yeah. It's they're strong. just together from the start, right? But like, Ruby, Cressley, some really brilliant writers, particularly in paranormal, have figured out ways to do faded mates over and over and over again without there being, with with a ton of conflict
1: yeah, built right. in. And it's so much more interesting, because it's fun, and, you know, the fantasy of, oh, here's your soulmate, and you both fall in love right away, like, that's sweet, but it's like, it's much more interesting when, like, oh, here's your soulmate, and he's that guy who's been a dick to you for the past yeah. eight months,
2: and now you have to have a baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, now that we've all, like, talked about this, one of the things you wanted to talk about was, like, comfort reads, So, like, why is something like this comforting to us? Because I would agree that, like, I would find, I find a lot of this kind of, like, paranormal or, um, like, Grace Goodwin's all all (laughs) hers. Like, I find them very comforting. Mm -hmm. And I'm, like, why do you think that is? Why is something like Ice Planet Barbarians, like, a comforting thing?
1: I can say, for me, well, one, it's romance, so you know you're going to get a happy ending. Two, it's the way the aliens are, like, You said it on the episode when you did your episode. Like, if there was a bridal magazine on the Ice Planet podcast, it would be aimed at the men. Because they just so badly want a family and kids to take care of. And it's just... There's just something really endearing about, at least in a fantasy, like, I don't know if I can handle it in real life, about someone just needing you and wanting you, like, that badly. And then another thing I kind of thought about, like, you were just talking about now, like, this group of women. It's also kind of small town. Sure. Like, it's kind of utopian almost. Like, they don't really have to worry about food. Small town utopian. They don't have to worry about food. They don't have to worry about money. Everyone has a purpose. No one knows they're going to be left behind. It's like this whole tribe. They all just take care of each other. They're all in each other's business, but they all are really concerned for each other unless one of them gets abducted by a strange wild man, in which case (laughs) I will forever be angry about that (laughs) plot line. (laughs) It happened again in the Ice Home series.
0: Wait, is that the one where she finds the weird... Baby, like the weird animal baby in a cave.
1: I was talking about book like, I think it's like book three, it's Harlow's book. She straight up gets kidnapped by like the feral Sakui they don't know is out there, and everyone's yeah, like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guess she just wanted to leave, and then she does it again in Iso because one of those women gets kidnapped, and everyone's like, I guess she didn't like being here. How many times does a
2: woman have to get abducted on this planet before they start questioning? Well, I do think there's like a, a strong vein of kidnapping really? and romance. Yes. I mean, it's like remember how as a kid you watched a lot of cartoons and you thought quicksand was real? I feel like like if you only read romance, you'd be like, God, people get kidnapped yeah, all, all the, time, the time, time in these worlds. Like, accurate. What the hell? And in this
1: series, like it's like regular, it's like a traditional courting thing. It'd be like going out like to a yeah.
0: ball and like get like a piece you, of pizza. Yeah, you get kidnapped. come to my cave with me. Well, it's barbarian. It's it's this is like the natural the natural extension of barbarian romances, like those old school, which then Vane is doing too now, right? Like these kind of brutish, like like primal. Everything that these heroes feel is primal, instinctual. Yes, Yeah. yeah.
1: So I don't know if that was a good answer for why they're comforting, but it's just like you know you're getting a happy ending. You know, like. There's, like, they all care about each other. They all want each other there. They all,
2: even if they're not best friends, it feels like it's, like, this small community, small tribe. You know you're going to get a happy ending no matter how over the top and, like, dangerous and, you know, like, and that is really comforting to me that
0: people can, you know, lots of bad things happen. (laughs) How much is it also about the romance being over the top? Is that too. You really can. I feel like when you're reading one of these or when you're reading really any romance novel that has, that, you know, came through on the banana phone. <laughs> then you, like, you are able to, to just ice out everything around you that is stressful and mm-hmm, hard. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. for the two hours that it takes you to read this wild blue alien book... You really can't be thinking about, you know what you're going to eat for dinner or who the president is or, you know, any of that stuff. Yeah. It's pure
2: escapism. I mean, so for me, I mean, we've talked about this, like, right, like something it's really comforting for me when it's like super over the top because right now is super over the top, right? And people still like are going to find love and be with their families. And I'm like, okay, that sounds nice. Yeah. Sounds very. It sounds great.
0: Danny, do you have one that you read over and over again? Um,
1: <laughs> I feel like I've read all of them over and over again at this point, but if it was like one specifically, it would probably be that first one just cause that's like my trope I think is like, I hate you now. I love you. So I go back to that one a lot. And then I feel like, oh my gosh, it's been so many. And okay. I guess I do go back a lot to, um, oh, what's her name? I just said Harlow, Harlow's book because of all of the like comforting ones, it feels like. Like, so she's taken away again. She's, like, been abducted once, and now she's on the ice plane. She gets abducted again. But she gets abducted to, like, this really chill beach. And, like, her husband has no one except for her. So he's really, really dedicated to her. And, like, he's always thinking about, what can I get Harlow to eat? Harlow's back hurts. Can I make her a pillow? Like, I don't know. It's just...
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, like... Can I make her a
1: pillow? <laughs> and it's just so sweet. It's, like, those two, I think, for me are the top two that I go back and forth the most. The thing is, though, there's there's so many. So it's like, what mood are you in? Do you want to read about the one where the woman gets eaten by the pterodactyl? Do you want to read about... Wait, <laughs>
2: eaten, eaten, or a eaten Swallowed a whole, thing. let's say.
1: <laughs> it's biblical. It's biblical. <laughs> I see what you're doing, Jen. Isn't that a series? Isn't there... My hot pterodactyl boyfriend was that... Is, That sounds like
0: a
2: Chuck Chuck Tingle Tingle. story. something. You guys, on my other group text, someone's like, I'm a little worried about Chuck Tingle. His title this week seemed a little sad. And I was like, I don't even know how to process it. You're
0: worried about Chuck Chuck Tingle. Tingle. (laughs) It's Um, true. But no, I only ask, and now that you've been talking about that, you know, my, everybody knows that my comfort read is Sweet Ruin and I've read it, you know, 2,000 times. And, And part of, and I've never really, while we were, while I was prepping for this episode, I was thinking, you know, why Sweet Ruin? Like, what is it about that book that I keep coming back to? And then you just said um, what you said about, you know, he, she is the only thing for him. Like, she is the only, she, like, he doesn't have anything else, just her. And I think that that's maybe why I love Sweet Ruin so much. Like, he has been poisoned to everyone he has ever interacted with for, tens of thousands of years and now he is not poisoned to her. And so he's just like, it's her forever. That's it. It's her.
1: It's just, and I also like ones where they're like more chill. So there's like, what I also like about Ruby Dixon is she somehow has not made the series too repetitive. Every book, feels like it does something different so some of them get really action heavy and some of them like we'll talk more like what's the plot and we're like there isn't really a plot other than the fact that he kidnapped her and now they're in a cave just hanging out (laughs) so i those also tend to be more of the comfort reads because like there's all one where they like the ship comes back and they like take over it and there's a gunfight and a firefight and people are like i'm like i don't that's too much for me right now but i really just like the ones where it's like Let's just sit in this cave. they're always in some cave
0: and and these <laughs> I'm gonna grill you this weird meat <laughs> and make you some make you
1: some tea out of a in a in a leather pouch, and let's just talk and so those are ones are my favorites so yeah, and like they're just so earnest like I also like the idea of like. They're always described as, like, they're so fearsome looking, and they're so ripped. Their eyes glow in the dark, which is probably the scariest thing of all. But they're, like, just so earnest about wanting, like, it's that's... It's so romantic. They are. Like, that's all yeah. they
2: want. It's just... It's like it, Magic Mike XXL. They're, they just want romance. <laughs> they're just
1: talking about feeling. Which is surprisingly wholesome, like, because, like, I went to my friend's bachelorette party. She was like, okay, when we go to bed, and I I... Um, because we went out to the club and we came back, she's like, I'm going to put magic Mike xxl on and we're gonna watch it and i was like okay and it's like surprisingly wholesome for like this
0: male stripper show it's the purest most beautiful movie yes
1: <laughs> so it's and it's like that same thing it's like yeah they're like very i
2: don't know it's just the whole package it I guess. is so yeah no that's Jen right. what is your comfort read so i am a big rereader Um, come, so my rereading is off, my comfort reading is often rereading and it sounds dumb because of course, anyone who doesn't read romance, people who don't read romance are like, well, you know, it's going to end, you know, how it's going to end. So it's, there's no, and I was like, no, like sometimes I read and I'm so nervous and I'm just like, are these dummies going to work it out? And you know, like what's going to happen? And so rereading, I think is really comforting for me. So, um, I'll also being offline is really comforting for me because it's so terrifying. So I have been listening to audiobooks, but I'm a terrible listener. I'm a terrible listener because I, if it's new, I'm just like, wait, who is that again? I haven't seen, especially if it's, um, you know, I haven't seen the like names written down, like my brain just bounces right off of it. So I've been re-listening to some of my favorite books on audio that I, you know, so I'm like rereading on audio. So I have been re-listening to Kylie Scott's stage dive series.
0: Mmm, that's a good one. It
2: and it's a terrific, it's terrific on audio. And so I um I started off with Lead, which is probably my favorite of the four. And if you have not read the series, it's about a, a band, but it when what's really interesting is the main the it's they're all male female stories, and the four members of the band are the two brothers and then their childhood friends formed a band together and um but the narration is all heroine point of view, and so there's something really interesting to me about that because the framing device for the books is this 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 these men. But they are never the point-of-view characters. And I just think that's, like, then a really interesting way because a lot of, like, rock star romances, and we had, a, like, a tiny little rock star episode, like, I think our first interstitial, maybe, like, 100 years ago was 10 minutes. And we mentioned Lick, which is the first one. But Lead is my favorite, and it's the one about the lead singer. And he and his... um assistant who she's like kind of his assistant slash sobriety companion fall in love and um he she's like I have feelings for him he cannot stand change his name's Jimmy he's like a real jerk which I I kind of love I'm sorry and she is like I have feelings for him I have to I have to leave I have to to quit my job and he's really upset he's like you can't quit you're the only one who I've ever been able to like handle doing this and she says um but I have feelings for you and he's such a jerk he like starts laughing and he's like well we got to get you over this so we're gonna like have you date other people and then I'm going to show you what a jerk I am. I'm going to be even more of my jerky self, and you'll get over it. And um, it does not work that sure. out that way. <laughs> <That's, Sure. laughs> He's jealous, right? He's like, wait, you're with these other men, and I don't like it. And the whole book is just so perfect. And so I listened to Lead, and then I was like, I should go back and listen to Lick and Play is the third one. And then I was like, well, I guess I better listen to lead again before I go (laughs) on to whatever number four is. But I think part of the comforting part of like this series, especially Jimmy's book, is he's recovering from addiction and he is like really struggling with like, I don't know, he's just such an asshole, right? He's like his mom was terrible to them. And, you know, so like letting her in. It's just, like, so big for him, but I think Kylie Scott's work in this book in particular is really masterful because I think it's very hard to have a a difficult man as a hero when he's not a point-of-view character, right? You can really, I think, go wrong, and he just seems
0: like a jerk. Well, because you have to un- unravel yes. them publicly, like— she had in order to see his emotions you have she has to see them right right Mm -hmm. right and you and so it's just really fascinating the way you see the band
2: through these like the women's point of view i don't know i just it is a really terrific series and i'm really enjoying it on audio and i um i haven't i can't go i didn't really like the fourth book when i read it but i'm really looking forward to like listening to it to see if it's different so I've been re-listening. I also re-listened to some some Crustly Cole, and also to some Joanne Shoop. So how
0: much? I mean, I really think about this too. I rarely add a new comfort read to my list, and it doesn't get very big.
1: I was trying to think of my list, and I have like three, and I was like, "Oh, I am very unprepared."
0: No, you're not at all, because I think that's part of it, right? Like, part of what a comfort read is is old reliable, right? Like it's the movie you love so much that you'll watch it anytime it comes on, right? Or the, like, it's, it's like a warm blanket. And for me, those blankets are old. I mean, aside from Sweet Ruin, right? Like, which is newer, like I go back to like Lisa Kleypas, you know, I go back to Derek Craven. Derek Craven. <laughs> or again the magic, right? Or what, you know, those kind of old books that I read 25 years ago. Um, because I because I know them. Like, and I know what I'm getting, and I know that at the end the reward is gonna be great. And yeah, they're all. So can I tell you the X factor about my comfort reads? And you guys,
2: this is like a real deep cut into my psyche. It's embarrassing to admit that my favorite comfort reads are the ones where, and, and again, I'm like kind of embarrassed to admit this. They're almost always like male, female romances. And it's one where the hero has fucked up big time and he suffers. Like he's really fucking miserable. Like he really did it wrong. And I like to reread those because I just want men to suffer. <laughs> Can I-, <laughs> I do. I'm sorry, you guys. I'm sorry, Eric. I do. I just I'm am sorry, like Eric. I feel like I feel like I look around the world right now and I feel like there's so many men I mean, who aren't Republicans. Yeah. They're out suffering. Yeah. I read some article, like they did a roundup of like how it was an
1: article basically on how I am the asshole. The subreddit reveals like the subtle sexism in everyday life. And it's like cases of men just being entitled pieces of shit and like it does put you in a mood there's one where like a woman just discovered she has ovarian cancer and the man literally walks out because he's like my dream of having biological children had been ruined yeah there's another one where he's like is it wrong of me to at demand my wife and two toddler children to be absolutely quiet when i get home in the evening and everyone's like yes yes in fact it is there's another one where he's like I want my neighbor is it was it an asshole mood of me to ask my female neighbor to make me dinner because she's already making dinner? And I was like, Yes, yes it is. I, I'm with you there. Sometimes it's like, can I get a reminder that not all men are trash? Or that they also that go men through things. Can change. That, yes. Yeah. yeah.
2: So I, those are—and so if I—sometimes I just
0: scene reread, like, the parts where they get they suffer. <laughs> I mean, right. I do like that. Yeah. I do a lot of scene, re- scene rereading of dark moments. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Yeah.
2: Well, because it's a dark—like, we're in a low moment right now. Like, I just mm-hmm. want to know that people can come out on the other side of that. That's really—I think that's probably why it's really comforting. But, yeah, I just also—
0: It's interesting because we've talked about this on the podcast a lot, but, you know, I think that there are two kinds of romance readers. I think there are romance readers who read gentle books when they are having a difficult time or, like, funny books when they are having a difficult time, which I think is part of why the rom-com has had such a, you know, significant rise over the last couple of years. Um, But I also think there are a lot of us who want, to go darker when they're ha- when we're having a tough time or at least see characters really going through a thing and know right. they can pull out of it. Yeah. yeah. Um and so it's interesting because I I think there I I think there have been fewer of those books over the last few years than maybe before. Um but I I mean I keep, I keep bringing up Mila, but, like, there's Mila, but then also in going back to Ruby Dixon, in independent romance, in self-publishing romance, I mean, there's a lot of darkness out there. Some of, sometimes that doesn't
2: work for me, though, because I really do feel like the X factor is, like, I mean, I guess regardless of the, like, regardless of, like, the gender of kind of, like, who's struggling, I do want, I do want there to be parody. And sometimes in the really, like, dark, dark indie romance, it doesn't feel that way, and so that doesn't satisfy me. Yeah. It's got to be equitable, and they have to work through it and then come through it sort of together, or at least go through their own
1: thing and then come together. I was going to say what Jen reminded me of, like, a comfort listen. And so, like, my comfort listen is definitely... Forbidden by Beverly Jenkins, and it's funny because it's not my favorite of her book. Like my favorite is a Chance at Love because it is so. That's the one we read on the podcast. It is so unabashedly rom com. There's like a goat that thinks he's a dog that attacks (laughs) that attacks like a fist fight at a like it's so rom-commy. But the one I listen, it's also not on audio, so maybe that's part of the problem. But the one I listen to the most, like it's on my phone, I'll get in my car if i got to drive, when I'm driving to the hospital, I'll put it on. And it's like, I'm going to listen to Edie and Ryan talk about marmalade again. Or Edie, (laughs) or like, because it's just, it's a book, that one especially, and I don't know, I don't know the backstory. I feel like maybe her plans changed because she spends a lot of time, you spend a lot of time in that book meeting like the community members like we meet the dressmaker and then the woman who owns and then the doctor and then the next book they leave town. But like it's nice because you like – no one's being an asshole. Everyone's just hanging out in this small town. For the most part, they get along. There's not like – and you know at the time. There could have been. There wasn't a lot of racist violence. There wasn't a lot of like ins, like – extreme things happening it's
0: just edie's making fried chicken and marmalade and and cookies and bread i love that book it's so internal it's really it's a masterclass in character work that book there's so there there's so much to learn as a writer from that book in in terms of how you tackle complex where where a lesser author would have made it like way more conflict laden mm-hmm. you know Bev pulls everything so tight to the characters. Yes. And really writes these beautiful Yeah, so these characters evolve every page just like a touch. And so you really are watching them fall in love. Yeah,
1: and I have, like, scenes bookmarked on Audible. It's like, oh, we can watch that dress shop scene where that lady comes in. And so this is good for me
2: because I love Forbidden, but I've never listened to it. And now I'm like, ooh, it can be something I – having enough – it's funny because I don't listen to a lot of podcasts when I do puzzles. I like to listen to books because I think I can sit down with a puzzle for longer if it doesn't stop 45 minutes or an hour later. But um, I will just – I think, you know what, can we – like, where is the GoFundMe to get – all of Bev's books on audio. Some of our older ones are not, or they were, like, I will say this. If you're an audiobook listener, like, we're in, like, kind of a golden age of audio, I think, right now, and some of the older books are just, you can tell the audio was different. I don't know. Like, and this is everybody,
0: you know? I mean, it just was different. I can shed a little light on this. Oh, tell us. Which is, first of all... Back in the day, like, so I sold my first book in 2000. I sold Nine Rules to Break in uh, 2009, early 2009, late 2008. And when I did it, um, Harper did not have an audio department. So the audio rights were sold to a different company that was like an audio book narration company that still exists. Tantor? No brilliance, I wanna say. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. And um and then though but there it was so, audio was such a small fraction of publishing that a lot of publishers just didn't, they didn't consider it big enough to really, like, put a ton of money behind it and, like, build a whole team of people in-house to do it. And then, um, I think, I mean, truly, it's because of the iPod, right? Like, it's because now we have a way of listening to things anywhere we go all the time. Well,
2: because you used to have to, like, get a set
0: of CDs
2: and carry them around with
0: you. Like, and it was, like, Ten or twelve, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and now you could just it, you have your books with you all the time. So audio is becoming actually, I mean, only. But I'll I'll just say you know. So authors get we get royalty statements every six months, and um, you can see your sales. And only recently have I started even seeing audiobooks like marked on these because there's now you know you sell more than you know, 15 copies to people and however many to libraries. Right. Um, so it's really part of it. You're absolutely right, Jen. Like older books either weren't made in audio at all or were kind of like throwaway copies. Yeah. Like
2: they're Yeah. I mean, even I think I tried Jenny Cruzie. I think I tried Bet Me and I was like, oh, no. I mean, so I think it's just come a long way, and I would love to see them go back and re-record.
0: I mean, you know? I can remember there being—I mean, it just being when Harry Potter became—was was narrated by— Jim Dale. By Jim Dale. Like, that just being, like— So good, Unbelievable. Nobody could believe that an audiobook could be so beautifully done. And so—and then you think about, you know, Petkoff doing Cressley and— Well, and now they'll do like full cast audio. So, for example, you know, where it's like if there's a. The
2: AI who loved me. Yeah, right? Where it's not just even one voice. Teleplay.
0: Teleplay? Audio play? Back to the old days of radio, it feels like, right? Some people are really writing their books that way. Like, Lauren Blakely is writing her books specifically for audiobooks. Not all of them, but, like, some of them are written very distinctly for audio play. C.D. Reese, I think, is doing that, too, now. And this is something that, really, indie romance is pioneering, what are the audio... Are there Ice Planet audios? Yes. I have... Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I could... If you listen to
1: those first few what episodes... are they like? I don't shut up about them. They are great. So that's what I listen to on Hoopla. They have all of them are on Hoopla. Are they male narrators? It's both. So there you have a woman who narrates the women's side, and they have a man who narrates the alien. does he have an
0: accent? Does he, he have an alien accent? He has a strangely, like
1: latin lover accent it's like is he doing lorenzo llamas or like what is he doing i love it i am like those first few episodes if you listen i would not shut the hell up about how much i love holly jackson and mason lloyd and then she switches narrators for ice home and i'm like i can't listen to these i'm i'm sure those people are lovely but they're not the same they're not your people no yeah that's so funny she narrates and they're all, like I said, on Hoopla. Your new one is on Hoopla, Sarah, and I keep meaning to get it, but I am so over. I don't know, I need a name for when, like, there's so many good new books out, and you want to read all of them, but you don't know where to start, so you just sort of freeze and
0: don't start anything. Well, Danny, it'll be there for you in years, too, so don't worry about it. Well, I think that's the other thing
2: about a comfort read, though. It requires nothing of you. You can pick up at your favorite part. You can read the part you like. You can put it down. You know exactly what's going to happen. There's, I mean, I think, so comfort reading, I think, also just means, like, taking away any anxiety about you know all the things that like cause us anxiety about starting a new book i mean i get it and as you said with audio i feel like for me at least there's like an extra you have to pay extra
1: attention with audio because i'm down i prefer to see it and read it for a first time if i'm going to do it on audio i have to pay more attention because i don't retain information as well through audio but when it's something i've read like forbidden which i've read or listened to at least 1500 times i can drop in anywhere i know what's going on I know exactly what's happening. Even more so, I don't know, it's more of a relief even than rereading a scene that I love. It's just, like, I can come in and I know exactly what they're doing. So, yeah. Do you all have a seasonal comfort read? Because I realized I had a seasonal comfort read. Tell me. So I, like, reread. So I have a friend who, like, rereads, like, Harry Potter every Christmas. And I realized I have a similar thing, but it's the Brothers Sinister series. Because the first time I read it was, like, I started it, like, the first day, like, December 23rd, and I think I finished it. I finished the whole series January 2nd.
2: This is, like, the Stephanie Lawrence one, or this is the Courtney Milan? Courtney, Courtney
1: Milan. And it's, like, um, how many books are in Is it? Six? It's I Is it six? Is it six? Maybe it's five, and then there's a novella. Or maybe there's two novellas. So there's four books and two novellas. It's six. and I like, And I, like, read it over that period of days, and I enjoyed it so much. And I think also there were happy, like, Christmas feelings that kind of got, like, Mixed in, mixed in there up. oh it's yes so, fun. so then like every like around every christmas it's like it's time to reread the brother's Sinister <laughs> series oh, that's so fun so it's like my and it's it only has one holiday novella it is not an inherently like Christmassy series but for some reason me and that series it's like that's my christmas book that's like my christmas read and i, I love it
2: woke up this morning and thought, it's time for me to reread, and we've mentioned this before, those Tiffany Rice. There's three, like, what were they? Harlequin Desires. And there's one it's called, like, one's Halloween, one's Thanksgiving, and one's December. And um, they are fantastic. The Thanksgiving one in particular is so great. And so I was like, oh, you know, it's, it's time for me to reread that Halloween
1: book. (laughs) yeah and it's just like i don't know especially fall i'm a fall kind of person i'm a cozy kind of person and it's like yeah so it really it really i love a man in a sweater
0: (laughs) i'm 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 trash for a man in a sweater i don't know i got
2: rid of all my colin firth movies in case they consider Mm. them erotica that
0: man can wear a sweater
2: our
1: halloween and thanksgiving romance is like a new trend because i feel especially halloween like i feel like I didn't used to see them, but now, and I don't mean, like, scary, spooky, like, vampire shifter. I mean, like, specifically,
2: like, yeah. Halloween. Halloween boo. Yes.
1: <laughs> I'm like, is this, because I am here for it. If it's going to be, like, the Christmas romances and the Hanukkah romances where we get, like, specific Halloween romances, I'm here for it.
2: I think it's happening, because I do think people, I think. I do think there's something like seasonal about it, but um there I a couple years ago wrote a thing about how there weren't a lot of Thanksgiving romances. I do think that's like a cuz I was like, listen, what f- fucking Thanksgiving? You get together with your family, you like fight with them, you eat too much, you're like you like, bone your bloated. brother's best friend. I mean, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> on, I was like it's kind of hard. I was like nobody wants to like fuck after like turkey. <laughs> I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. I <laughs> always like Ugh. So, yeah, but there are some, but I do think, um, the Halloween, a really cool anthology that just came out, though, um, is, has, it's a holiday anthology that is not Christian holidays, right? That, like, is it a season of love, I think, maybe?
0: Um, I wanted, I think the conceit is, like, it's a calendar, Maybe it's not 12, 12 stories, it's, but it's, it's like... It's not. I don't know not. if it is. Isn't
1: the editor, I think she's on Twitter, E is reading? Yeah, E okay. is
0: reading.
2: And it. And I've read some of them, but, you know, it, it's, it's really cool just because if you are, like, a, in the mood for seasonal reading then this is going to have, like, a bunch of stories that aren't just about, like, Christmas, which I think is is great. And they're—I've read some of them, and they're they're really good. So, like, um, I think Stacy Agdern has one, and there's one— um, Sulika did a Diwali? Is it Diwali? I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I haven't read—I haven't—it's funny, because I've read some of them as, like, beta reading to, like, sort of see, the like submissions. Um, but— uh, um. Farah Heron has one, I think. So I think if you're, by the way, like this is, and I really also find a novella very comforting. Like if I am going to read something new, something where I'm like, okay, you know what? I can just read this in an hour and then like move on with my day. I just have a little bit of time, especially when it's so stressful. So if you're looking for um, like a new holiday anthology, this one's fantastic because it's just going to be, it's going to just, I think, be really exciting for a lot of readers to read such interesting stories that aren't, you know, like the Christmas tree and the Yule log and all that bullshit. Yeah.
1: I heard of that one. That one sounds really good. So yeah, that was, cause I, it was funny that, I feel really comforted that Sarah says she doesn't have a lot of comfort reads cuz like I wrote down my list and I have three items and it's either like Ice Planet Barbarians, Forbidden, and Brother Sinisters. So there's
0: I my mean, complete list. well, Brother, Brother Sinisters is a long that's a big comfort read. But the <laughs> yeah. um, no, and Ice Planet Bar, Ice Planet Barbarians, but my my thought, my issue is, you know, you want when you want a comfort read, you want the you want a book you know so well that you know it's not going to betray you. And I think that's hard, you know. Jen and I last season we re- we reread so many books that we had come to, you know, romance with, and the ones that we hadn't reread, there were definitely moments where we were like, oh, well, wait, this doesn't feel this this doesn't feel as as safe as I I expected it to. Mm-hmm. That that's an issue too because I read some of the so I don't know if it's
1: just. I stopped reading for a really long time but when I went back to read stuff I read as a kid I was like oh this doesn't hold up very well and I don't know if it's because
0: publishing has gone through some eras since. The world is so different and they don't because in some cases they you know the author still potentially wouldn't do it better but you know the world I think a lot of writers are more aware now than they were then and a readers too I mean stuff I just didn't went right past me in 1992 and now I'm like oh ow wait hang on all right I will say one other thing that is a comfort
2: read for me which is category romance so if I am and even ones I haven't read before. So I bought a book really purely based on the cover because I think it is a gorgeous cover um, by um, Rochelle Allers. And I, I feel like I'm saying her name wrong, and I, I'm i sorry. I don't think you are saying her name wrong. Okay. Um, I don't know why. I don't know why I think that. But it's um, – I think it's called A Winning Season. And it has a couple, like, dancing. And she's wearing this gorgeous, like, rust-colored, like, silk dress. And he's, like, spinning her. But because of the way the camera's oriented, like, you just sort of see the top of it. And I started reading it, and it's super charming. Like, she, he's a baseball player who's come back to his small town. And he'd been, he played for the Atlanta Braves. But he was, like, never really happy in the big city. And it's, like, this small West Virginia town. And she, when she was 18 became um her parents died and she became the guardian to her brothers who were like 6 and 8. And now it's 10 years later and you know one of them is off at the army I think and the other one is kind of this troublemaking 16 year old and I was like this is what I want right now. <laughs> right? Like just a category romance I think is is always delivering like a really solid story and a really tight plot, and I find that sometimes, um, if I if I'm really stressed, but I want something new, I will almost always find myself reading a category romance. I've, so, I've yeah, I've yeah. gone
1: back to them recently because you're right; they're not they're a little shorter than I think when you get the so. There's that. And on Twitter lately, they've been having, everyone shares these really gorgeous covers gorgeous lately, covers. and I'm like,
0: why have I not been reading these more often? Yeah. yeah. Harlequin is knocking it out of it, the park with these authors and, and these gorgeous. covers. And
1: every time I turn around, someone's got a new, beautiful, like, oh, look at that man, look at that dress. It's great. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, this one is, I love it. So, yeah, I, you know, you can judge a book by its cover. I don't know if you all knew that, but. <laughs> it's it's so, a marketing yeah. tool. It
0: is. You know, the other thing that I really love, aside from anthologies, I really love it when um, authors decide they're going to do a kind of second epilogue or, like, a peek at a couple around a holiday. That's a really lovely treat. Like, Kennedy Ryan has one for her Hoops series. Um, and, yeah. It's, I mean, they're, I think that one is, like, teeny tiny. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. Like, two pages of them
2: happy and drinking a cup of wine by the fire. A yeah. A glass of wine. Fine, when I,
1: when I really love a couple, I want, like, please, yes, I don't care if it's just a tweet you had a thought. Like, share it. I love
0: it. So, Ruby Dixon does that. She does that on her Facebook. And it's like,
1: <laughs> she'll post up, like, little, like, thicklets she's written.
0: Yeah, Nalini Singh does that, too. And I can't understand, they just create so much there's always there's so much content. <laughs> I'm like, every word has to be saved for a book.
2: <laughs> um, okay, my last favorite, my real favorite comfort read though is the Hidden Legacy series by Alona Andrews, which I am pretty much constantly in the in the midst of reading or rereading at some point or another. And it's more urban fantasy, it's super plot heavy. But I just really love the characters, and I love the secondary characters. So I'm like, "What's Grandma doing, right?" And so I, um, if I don't have like a book I'm listening to that I really like, I will often it's I'll li- I'll re-listen to either IAD or Hidden Legacy. So, yeah, that's it. Plot. I just want I just want things to happen. Also, I've been reading a lot of Jack Reacher, which, as you all know, is strangely super comforting to me. All plot. Plot. He just runs around like shooting people. (laughs) Sure.
0: And it's great. But man, they go down easy.
2: If we're doing other
1: non-just romance comfort read, I don't know if you've ever gotten into Nightvale, but I love Nightvale, and they have a couple of books, and they're narrated by his name is Cecil Baldwin. I think he was a professional narrator before he started, or an actor before he started focusing specifically on this series. They're really they're sci-fi slightly they're like twilight zone bonkers but they're very enjoyable so that's another one yeah yeah it's a podcast that's presented like a news broadcast in like this small little desert town where weird things happen and everyone just goes with it and i'm like you know what relatable. i don't know how i've got to listen in and catch up on some of the the trump years because i listen in and out but because they'll talk about it i think they taught it like i think molly said that they treat it like like a You know, the John Mulaney joke about... It's like there's a horse loose in a hospital. (laughs) It's like there's a horse loose in a hospital. I think eventually everything's going to be okay, but I have no idea what's going to happen next. (laughs) And neither do any of you, and neither do your parents, because there's a horse loose in the hospital. It's never happened before. No one knows what the horse is going to do next. Least of all, the horse
0: he's never been in a hospital before
1: i think they've done something similar
0: yeah (laughs) i love that joke oh my god we're
2: way the horse shouldn't be in a hospital and it's like we're well past that
0: (laughs) i love him um danny this was so fun you for joining us and reminding us that it should be fun yes it was nice to talk about the
1: ice planet barbarians again and no i don't have to edit it so thank you mr <laughs> well there
0: you go so yes so thank you for having me when do you drop episodes of your podcasts <laughs> that's a loaded question a very true question. yeah
1: this year has been a really bad year but i'm sort of back and i've sort of gotten my and I don't know if we said this on air, but I'm sort of pre-recording. And if Sarah would like to join me,
0: I would love to have her. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Tell me which one I'm in. Because if I could tell you, if
1: you listen to the number of people where I asked them, how did you discover Ice Planet Barbarians? And like, well, I was at KissCon and Sarah McLean was there and she started talking <laughs> about it.
2: So yeah, you got to do it, Sarah.
0: I was there. You know what? Wait, you should, have you ever had two guests at the same time? Is that too much? Because you should have me and Sophie on at the same time because we have a lot of uh, you will get the full Ice Planet Barbarian promo. You'll get a banana phone. <laughs> 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 I would love to do that because you are part of so many
1: people's origin stories to oh, this series. That's really like nice. like Thank it's like you. yes, Everyone. You get name drops specifically. So yes, so I'm I'm aiming for like every two weeks on Tuesdays. So the last, so there should be one coming out. Today's October 4th, so whatever Tuesday is after October 4th should be the next episode, and it'll be Katrina Jackson, the lovely Katrina Jackson, and we're talking about, oh my God, oh my God, all these barbarians, barbarians, (laughs) whatever,
0: lady, barbarian at the gate, or whatever.
1: (laughs) Tease, barbarians tease, I got it, barbarians tease, and um, so yeah, so every other Tuesday, and then the Black Chick Lit podcast, we've been better, so Molly has a new baby, we're all in pan. Yes, well, maybe he's new to me. He's gonna be a year soon, so a baby. Molly is whatever. Yeah, he's
0: still little. She's still not really thinking a whole lot about other stuff.
1: Yeah. So, and then my, my me dealing with my mom and the pandemic. So we've been good. It's just like, please do not ask us to give you a hard and fast date. There will be an episode this
2: month. Well, this Forget is why everyone I should just subscribe to Miley <laughs> Danny's podcast because and it just uh. appears when a new episode drops in, you don't have to do any work so
0: there you go
1: yes so
2: yes so yes but the ice planet podcast has been a bit more consistent it comes out every other tuesday
0: well thank you so much for joining us thank you for having it me great. it was a lot of fun it was so
2: fun <laughs>
0: it's always fun to talk romance always all right thank you guys for listening as always this has been an episode of faded mates with uh danny uh the host of ice planet pod and black chick Lit podcast. Yes, uh, you can sign up for sign up to follow her and uh, like and subscribe, etc. To her on whatever podcasting platform you are listening to us on. Um, also you can find us at fadedmates.net you can find transcripts there thanks to Linda and Gwen for helping us out with transcripts Um, there's merch over there if you click on merch if you click on I don't know extra stuff I don't know what the tab is but it's got (laughs) all the music from the episode that Eric uh, throws in every week This episode comes out before an election. We are having an election in the United States, in case you haven't noticed. Um, Follow us on Twitter at Faded Mates to help us phone bank. We are phone banking between now and the election with Indivisible. Um, Help us get out the vote. It's fun. It's on Saturdays. Sometimes there are special guests. Sometimes there are free books. Sometimes there are stickers and pins from best friend Kelly. Um, But if you can't help us phone bank, try and do something else else. Talk to your friends. Make sure they're voting early. Make sure you're voting early if you can. Uh, If you're voting in person, make sure you're wearing a mask. Make sure you vote. You know who to vote for, right? We don't have to say it. Do We have to say it. Vote for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and Blue Down the Line.